Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Thank you, Brother Danny. Good morning, everybody. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. I'm glad to be here, aren't you? Amen. Amen. It is, um, it is an honor to, um, to, to teach you this morning, and uh, I'm going to turn your attention to Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32, and uh, while you're turning there, it is, um, it is so good to have our pastor and pastor's wife and family back home. We are so happy and excited they're here. And we are so glad that they were able to be with one another and, and go on vacation. And uh, we believe in that around here, don't we? Amen. And we're so thankful for that. Amen. Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Would you say that with me? But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Today, uh, this is our, I believe, seventh week on the series of Accidentally Agnostic. And I'm going to be teaching on the subject today, what is stewardship? What is stewardship? We want to know what we believe, and we want to know why we believe it. And this is one of the key teachings or doctrines of the Bible, of the Word of God, is to be a steward. Everybody say a steward. So I believe that God is going to um, help us through His Word today to understand um, what it means to be a steward and what exactly is stewardship. And I realize we just prayed, but one more time, would you lift your hands and let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. God, we, we love your Word. God, we love your Word. Lord, we are saved by your word, by the teachings of your word, God. I pray today, Lord, that you would illuminate the scripture to us, God. I pray, Lord, that, that, we, would, that we would be here, Lord, to hear and to receive your word. God, we want to be stewards. We want to be biblically sound. Help us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you, and you may be seated. I want to say that I have so enjoyed for the past two weeks, brother, the teaching of Brother Edwards, teaching on those different subjects. I'm so thankful for him. Give him honor today. Done an amazing job. Acts chapter 17 to review. Paul found himself in Athens and saw a city entirely given to idolatry. The folks, the people in Athens spent their time in nothing else, the Bible says, but either to tell or to learn some new thing. As, as Paul walked around the city, he saw the gods of Athens, the idols being worshipped. And one of the ancient writers tells us that in that day it was easier to find a god in Athens than it was to find a man. There were approximately 30,000 gods in Athens. And toward the end of his day in Athens, we find that Paul makes himself uh, close to an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. 
to an unknown God. The Bible says in Acts 17 and 22, Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you're too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. Here we find in Athens a a multiplicity of gods, an abundance of options for what what could be worshipped or what could be served or followed. What happens in the presence of options, in the presence where truth is not absolute but truth is relative based upon an individual, the present, the, the absence of truth creates the presence of the unknown. It's no accident that Paul ended up with all of these gods in front of him, ended up at an altar with an unknown God. I do not want to serve a God that I do not know. It is entirely possible to serve a God that you do not know. It is entirely possible to go to a church on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and go just to go and not know the God that is being taught about. That is entirely possible. It's entirely possible to go to, to, uh, uh, to fulfill religious uh, uh, obligations and routines and not know the God that you are talking to or about. Matthew 15 and 8 is the evidence of that. The people draw nigh unto me with their mouth, and they honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus said, there is a group of people that they honor me with their mouth, and they they honor me with their lips. They they honor me with their perfect attendance, but in vain they they worship me. They teach doctrines of men, and they, they in, in other words, they, they they do this lip service, but they don't know who I am, ladies and gentlemen. The Church of the Living God has never been intended to fulfill a religious routine. We have been called and more so we have been afforded the amazing opportunity to know the God that we serve. Amen. To know the God that we live for. A priest doesn't have to know God for me. A man doesn't have to know God for me. I can know who God is for me because when that veil was torn from the top to the bottom, he gave you and I access, amen, to a place in him that all can come and all for, amen, for this is not for a select group of people, but it is for all. Somebody say all. And so I want to know, I don't want to perform lip service. I want to know the God that I serve, and I want to know why I do what I do. I want to know why I believe what I believe. One of the foundational principles of Scripture is the teaching of stewardship. Everybody say stewardship. We hear that word at times and uh, in, in a church setting, you don't really hear it uh, much outside of, uh, out, outside of a church setting or, or a biblical context. You hear about a steward maybe when you're on an airplane or when you're on a, a, a cruise ship or 
somebody that's taking care of something uh, for you. you. That's really the only context we hear of it in today's uh day and age, and so I want to talk about what exactly is a steward? What exactly is a steward? Did you know a steward is more than somebody that hands you those Biscoff cookies and and a cup of coffee? Has anybody ever had those Biscoff cookies on an airplane? If you don't get a Biscoff cookie on an airplane, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Um, but, but, um, it's more than that. A steward is, is much more than that. I, I want to jump into the teaching of what is what is a steward? What what exactly is this subject of stewardship? Stewardship, a simple definition, is this. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you ready? Say, listen up. Don't miss it. Stewardship means this. Stewardship is the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care, the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. In ancient times, it was common for wealthy families to assign the management of their own household and finances to the care of a steward. The steward was responsible to provide food for the house. The steward was responsible to make sure that The food was served at proper times and seasons. The steward was responsible to make sure that food was served in proper quantities. The steward received all of the cash. The steward received what was necessary, excuse me, the steward spent what was necessary for the support of the family. The steward kept exact accounts. And the steward at times will be obligated to present those accounts to the master of the house. In short, another word for steward is caretaker. Everybody say caretaker. So in biblical context, a steward is a caretaker of what God has given to him. A steward is a caretaker. Everybody say a caretaker. A steward is a caretaker of what he or she has been given by God. The first steward in scripture we find in Genesis chapter 15. Is everybody with me? Y'all okay? We're talking about stewardship today. The first steward we find in Genesis chapter 15. His name was Eliezer and he was from Damascus. How do you know that? Because Genesis 15 and 1 says Eliezer from Damascus. I'll read it for you. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? Abram had no no children at the time. What will you give me, seeing that I'm childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. I had to study long and hard to learn that Eliezer was from Damascus. Uh, The steward of my house, Eliezer from Damascus. And Abram said, Behold to me, thou hast given no seed or no children. And lo, one born in my house, one of my servants, is mine heir. We find, according to Genesis 15, that Eliezer was Abraham's 
steward. He was the steward of Abraham's house and what he possessed. Abraham entrusted his steward in Genesis chapter 24 and verse 2 when he said, And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, this is Eliezer, that ruled over all that he had, that was that same man, put, I pray thee thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the God of earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go into my country and to my kindred and take a, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. Now understand today how much Abraham entrusted his steward, Eliezer. Abraham's steward was the one commissioned by Abraham to find his son a wife. He regarded his steward so highly that he entrusted him with his future. Not only, not only his son, but his son in which the promise of his entire future rested upon. He trusted Eliezer with his entire future. Because of what we know of Abraham, we know that Eliezer was a good steward. In, in the scripture we just read, the, uh, the story goes on to say that, that he obeyed the commands of Abraham. And he did choose the correct wife for Isaac, which we're all thankful for. And number two, we know that he was a good steward because Abraham was very wealthy. And he wasn't just very wealthy, he remained very wealthy in part because of a faithful steward. Is everybody awake? Is everybody good? Is, is this guy going to move on? Is he going to move? Listen to me. It's, it's, it's going to get good here in just a second. Everybody say, turn to your neighbor say, you, you need to know what a steward is. <clears throat> mm -hmm. turn, to your, turn to somebody say, stay awake. You need to know. You need to know this. You need to know this. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to know this because you and I are called to be stewards. We're called to be stewards. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a steward. Scripture teaches us that as believers, we are stewards or caretakers of all of the resources that God has or God will place in our lives. 1 Peter 4 and 10 tells us, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Watch, watch the scripture when it's talking about what we are called to do as stewards. Matthew 25 and 29, for unto every one that hath, that has, shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath. Now, to bring more understanding to this verse that is important when it comes to stewardship, I wanted to read, I want to read it to you in a different version to bring a little bit more understanding. It goes like this: To those who use well what they are given even more will be given. 
and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. I'm going to say it again. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they'll have abundance. But to those who do nothing, even with what little they have, it will be taken away. God is emphatic about his people taking care of what has been given to them. God, God is emphatic that you and I take care of what has been given or entrusted to us. The question then is, is this, what exactly am I supposed to be a steward of? If I'm called to be a steward, what, what do I need to be a steward of? What am I supposed to be a steward or a caretaker over? Well, what have you been given? Are you awake? What have you been given? Whatever you've been, because whatever you have been given means it didn't come from you to begin with. If you've been given something, that means you didn't get it by yourself. So what am I supposed to be a steward over? You are supposed to be a steward over what you have been given. What have I been given? Well, let's start here. Psalms 24 and 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. First Chronicles 29, what, what have I been given? Both riches and honor come of thee, come of God. Thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand is to make great and to give strength unto all. Riches and honor didn't come from you. Strength didn't come from you. It came from somebody else. James 1 and 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. What, what am I called to be a steward over? What have I been given? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above or it's from God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what we are called to be stewards over, over everything we have been given. You and I on this Sunday morning have been given a list of things that I could not possibly record. But just to name a few, you and I have been given breath. You have been given sight. You have been given hearing. You have been given smell, taste, touch. You have been given hands and feet, fingers and toes, kidneys, a liver, a heart. You've been given a roof over your head. We've been given a bed to sleep on at night, clothes to wear, <clears throat> food to eat, cars to drive, and a job to work. You and I have been given a family. We have been given children. We have been given a spouse. You and I have been given time, time. God gave us today. He gave us this service. He has given us years of life. Ladies and gentlemen, God gave us the money that we have he gave us the job that we work, and he gave us the strength to work it. God gave us this church. God gave us talents 
and abilities. God gave us giftings in specific areas. God gave us a pastor. God gave us faith. To every man was dealt or given a measure of faith. God has given us the Holy Ghost. We didn't get it by ourselves, but God gave it to us. God has given us a testimony. God has given us another chance. God has given us forgiveness. God has given us mercy. God has given us grace. Everything that has come to my life did not come from me. For naked came I out of my mother's womb. And naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When I came into this world, I didn't have anything. And the only reason I have anything is because God gave it to me. And because God gave it to me, Scripture implores us to take care of what has been given to us. We find in the story of Joseph what it means to be a faithful steward, even when he had the excuse to not be one. Genesis 39 and 4, Joseph found grace in his sight and served him. And he, being Potiphar, made him overseer or the steward over his house and all that he put into his hand. We find Joseph was a steward not in easy times, but in times of adversity. Genesis 39, 6, and he left all, Potiphar left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had. Potiphar didn't know even what he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that the master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, lie with me. Verse 8, but Joseph, he refused and said unto his master's wife, watch the posture of a steward. Behold, my master wanteth not what is with me in thine house. And he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph, as a faithful steward, had an opportunity to take something that was not his, to take something that did not belong to him. But Joseph knew when you steal something that does not belong to you, it is not a sin against man, it is a sin against God. You are telling God by taking something from someone else that doesn't belong to you. You are telling God that what you have is not good enough. When you take something that does not belong to you, when you steal, you take your care into your own hands. But Joseph refused to take something that didn't belong to him. 
And because Joseph was faithful, amen, over the stuff that Potiphar had that was entrusted to his care, it's no accident that we find Joseph in Genesis 41 and 40, just a couple chapters later. We find him in the presence of Pharaoh, the ruler over all of Egypt. And Pharaoh makes this declare decree over Joseph. Thou shalt be over my house. And according unto thy word, Joseph, shall all of my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Joseph was faithful in the house of Potiphar. And because Joseph was a faithful steward in the house of Potiphar, he became steward in the house of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Genesis 41 and 42, Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Why do I need to be a steward? Why is it important to be a steward? Because God always has and always will bless somebody who is a faithful steward. God blesses somebody that uses for the best, for the good of what they have been entrusted with. If they use it for good and they use it the right way, we are promised by Scripture that if we are faithful over the few things, God will make us ruler over many things. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been praying and seeking for greater things, better things, may I pose the question to you, what are you doing with the things that you have right now? What are you doing with the money that you have right now? Are you a steward over the finances that you have right now? Are you a steward over the time that you have right now? Are you a steward over the talent or the treasure? Uh, are you a steward over the talent that you have right now? Are you a steward over the testimony that God has given to you? Are you a steward right now? Because if you are a steward right now, you are promised more than just what you have right now. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, don't think it's strange. Amen. If you're faithful over few things, God's going to put many things in your life. But you've got to be a steward right where you are. You can't say, I'm going to wait till I get to this place and be a steward. No, no, you got to be a steward right now. I didn't plan on going here. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to return my tithes to the Lord when I've got enough. Honey, you ain't never going to have enough. 
You're never going to have enough to give to God. If you can't give to God what belongs to him now, you're not going to give to God what belongs to him later. You've got to be a steward right now. You've got to be faithful over what you've got right now. God has entrusted me with, with, with many things and I want to be faithful with what he has given to me. I will remind you that when we see him in that last day, when that trumpet sounds, those that will make it, those that will enter into the joy of the Lord will hear this statement. Enter in, thou good and faithful, faithful servant. Servant. You're a, you're a faithful servant. You've served. You've been faithful. You didn't. You, the stuff didn't belong to you, but you were faithful and you served. Enter in to the joy of the Lord of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to be found faithful. I want to be faithful over what God has entrusted me with in this life. So what will you do? What will I do with what has been given to me? I'm almost done. I'm almost done today. Matthew chapter 25. Man, I feel the Lord here. I want to be a steward. I want to be a caretaker. When you, when, you, when, when you take the posture or the mentality that everything that I have has been given by God, when you, when a believer takes on the fact that everything I have in this life has been given to me by God, everything that's in your world you're going to look at differently. A steward does not see what they don't have. A steward sees what they do have. You hear me? A steward does not see what they don't have. A steward sees what they do have, and they take care of what's been given. Matthew chapter 25, we find the parable that Jesus teaches of the faithful stewards. The Bible says, in verse 14, for the kingdom, everybody say the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents. Now that's a measure of, of money. And to another two and to another one. To every man according to his several abilities. And straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with them. And so he that received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. 
His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Sound familiar? Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And he that received two came and said, you, you gave me two talents. I've gained two other talents beside him. His Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee, that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where there hast not um, strawed. And I was afraid, went and hid my talent in the earth. Lo, that, uh, lo there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not straw. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore, <clears throat> take therefore the talent from him and give unto him which hath ten talents. For every one that hath Shall, for everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that, even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The master gave five talents, two talents, and one talent. The servants doubled. The man with five talents came out with ten. The man with two. I keep feeling this in the spirit, and we're hearing tremendous teaching today. But there is something that moved. I felt a visitation while I was gone from the Lord one night. And the Lord told me that when I get back to ask this congregation, what is your expectation? He told me to ask you this when I got back. Uh, by By... Listen to my father. He told me it's not good to preach when you get back from vacation just because you, you need to spend that quality time instead of studying while you're gone to laboring in the Word. But I did have the Lord to speak to me. There are many, many things that we are required to be stewards of. and uh, But I feel this today. One of the things you have to be a steward of is faith. There's no, true, there's no really true uh, um, uh, atheist. Do you know that? They might say they are. But the Bible says to every man is dealt a measure of faith. Everybody has a measure of faith. That's why little children love stories about Superman, Spider-Man. There's this inside of them to believe that you can be greater than the normal human being. There is this, this, this infatuation with Santa Claus can go all over the world in a, in a, in a second, deliver gifts to all the children all over the world. And then there's this faith and signs that say, I believe on, on things that are fallacies and, and untruths. But the truth of the matter is, to every single one of us has been dealt a measure of faith. And I want you to know today is that you have to guard your faith. The disciples said it this way, increase our faith. And we know that the devil would like to remove your faith because without faith it is impossible to please God. 
He's going to send every voice that he can to get you to not believe in the God, not just of heaven, but the God that dwells in you. You have to begin to turn your faith around and believe what Ephesians 4 says is unto him which is able to do, help me now, exceeding what? Abundantly above all. All that we can ask or think. Do you believe God is greater, amen, than our ability? Do you believe that? He's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we can ask or even think. How many believe that verse today? How many believe God's bigger than your problem? Bigger than any situation in your life? Amen. We believe. I think you ought to jump to your feet, clap your hands, and shout, I do believe. I do believe, amen, amen, remain standing. Praise the name of the Lord. And when he said, exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think, and one of the things that I didn't see you mentioned, not that you missed anything, but we have to be stewards of our faith. Praise God. Stewards of our time, stewards of our talent, stewards of our treasure. You'll be judged on those things. I believe that. But what are you doing with your faith? We have an attack on the faith of, a, of this generation. And he says, he's able unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. What does it say? Through the power that worketh in us, God operates through you. His faith comes into you, but it's supposed to walk through you. The Bible says, my people, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You know why some of you don't pray for anybody? Because you don't believe God can do it through you. You believe God can do it, but you don't believe God can do it through you. And I ask this question out of the obedience to the Lord. Amen. Is this, what are your expectations are your expectations that you're going to fail or that you're going to succeed? Are your expectations that you're going to be saved or you're going to be judged and be lost? Because whatever you expect is really where your faith lies. What you expect is where your faith is. The highest level of faith is expectation. The Bible says they had no faith. One scripture says they had little faith. One verse says they had great faith. Another verse says they had perfect faith. But the highest level of faith is expectation. Faith will cause you to change directions. Faith will cause you to look in the right direction. But faith in the wrong thing will cause you to see the enemy instead of God. Will cause you to see failure instead of victory. I come to tell you today, what are you expecting on this Sunday morning? Are you expecting your family to succeed? Your family to be saved? Come on, your marriage to last? Where is your faith? You know what I want to be? I want to have great faith that believes, amen, his mercy endureth forever. This is not my last day. This is the beginning. Oh, clap your hands and praise him right now. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, increase my, I want my faith to be increased. Ask your neighbor. Tell them, say, I want my faith to be increased. How many want to have increased faith? He's given all of us a little bit of faith. But I want to increase that faith. And that's why when he handed, you can use, just remain standing, the parable that he read about the five talents, the two talent, and the one talent. The problem with the guy that was cast out is because he had 
a talent he was given to him, not the measure that the other two were, but was still given greatness. That talent, that talent was a measure, it was monetary value, but can be used in many principles. Even though it was less than them, it was still worth a lot. A lot. But what did he do? He didn't believe he could do anything with it. So he buried it, blamed it on the master. You know what I want? I want to be entrusted. Hey, one of the greatest gifts you've ever, ever received was faith. Because faith led you to repentance. Faith led you to baptism. Faith led you to believe you could receive the Holy Ghost. Faith led you to a holy lifestyle. Faith led you to stewardship. You cannot allow anything to remove your faith. For he said, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life. Are y'all with me? nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Neither height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. The enemy wants you to think you're not valued. The enemy wants you to think that God is not for you, that God is against you. But my faith says, when my heart condemns me, is not God greater than my heart? Somebody shout faith. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Faith enough to speak faith. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to bless you. Tell your neighbor, God wants to bless me. Amen. Here's some people's level of faith. You're just hoping God doesn't kill you. That's, that's wrong. That's condemnation. You believe that? And he said, I want you to take what I've given you and do what with it? Everybody say increase. How many want your faith to be increased? Amen. I believe he wants to increase, uh, in, increase your talents of, of, of giftings. How many believe that? He wants to increase your musical talents or, 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 or any natural talent that you have, leadership quality talents. He wants to increase those things in your life, but I think he wants you to work at it. I may remember being a student in school and you pray for the handwriting on the wall like Nebuchadnezzar saw. Come on, anybody ever been there? How many grew up in this? Oh, God, would you just write it on the wall? You did it for Nebuchadnezzar. I need an answer. And the Lord says, study. It's not just going to happen. You've got to work at it. I'm going to tell you one thing I do believe, and I've seen it over and over again. He can restore your life no matter where you've been or what you've done. He can turn thing around. He can turn your life around. How many believe that? Praise God. And when you feel the touch of God's hand pulling on you, amen. I love my, my wife has told me for many years. She says, Aaron, I love you more today than I did yesterday. And she said, I will love you more tomorrow than I do today. Can I tell you, you can be greater tomorrow than what you are today. And today, amen, you can change your yesterday. How many believe that? It's when God calls you, you respond. Respond to what he calls you to do. Look at your neighbor and say, what is your expectation? Open your eyes. What do you expect? Do you expect greatness? How many expect greatness today? 
Amen. I expect a bunch of kids to be touched by God in our next service on this Children's Sunday. They're going to be up here weeping and crying in the altar before the Lord. Amen. God's hand is going to come down and touch them. You know what I expect? I expect while the Lord's touching the children, He's going to touch the adults in the building. Where's Josh Castle at? Amen. Brother Josh Castle, is he, he's ushering, I know. He might have stepped out for a minute. Uh, somebody get him. Brother Adam, would you get Josh Castle for me? He was testifying this morning. He, he might, he, I know he's serving and ushering today. Amen. Praise God. I hit the clock, didn't I? It's hard for me to hear good preaching and not get up and preach a little bit. Amen. It's just challenging for me. But I do, I feel like I have a word from the Lord. What is your expectation? I plan on talking about it next Sunday, but you need to write it down. Can I ask you a grand question while they're getting in? Do you expect to go to heaven? Or are you just hoping not to go to hell? Because that's a faith issue. When you prayed, he said, come praying, faith believing. A lot of people go to the prayer lines and for prayer, but not believe they would be healed. Routine things. God have mercy. I do believe God wants to bless us individually, collaboratively, and there's nothing that moves heaven more than faith. My dad used to preach, God has a weakness. It's your faith. When you come to church, what do you expect? Are your mind on leaving or is your mind on getting a hold of the touch of God? How many believe God wants to touch us today? Look at your neighbor and say, God is going to make a difference in your life. He loves me as I am and hears me when I pray. Praise God. Brother Josh Castle is, is uh, MIA. But he told me this morning, he said, Pastor, when Brother Jody Wells was here and he talked about a token of the miraculous, he said, I have had issues in my knees for three and a half years. He said, when he said that, I felt God touch me. Faith. He said, after service, I got up and walked around. And he said, I still have. That's been two weeks ago. He said, I have no problems in my knee. God has healed my body. Faith. Amen. Come on. I believe this. Hallelujah. I believe in your prayers. Some of y'all call and say, pray for me. Every now and then we'll say, because I believe in your prayers. I do it. That's faith to believe in you to pray. But you know what I believe? I can believe that nobody touches me and I'm in the presence of God. He can just go ahead and touch me. He can just go ahead and heal me. His faith. Would you clap your hands and shout to the Lord again today? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody, everybody take your hands and put it over like this. Over your chest. And I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm going to protect my faith. I'm going to be a steward of my expectations. Oh, yes, oh God. I'm going to be a steward of what you've given me. A steward of my heart. A steward of my mind. A steward of my spirit. A steward of faith. Lord, we want our faith to increase. For Lord, the increase of your government and peace, there shall be no end. We're going to keep growing in you, growing in faith and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. We're going to increase in faith and believe for greater and believe for greater in Jesus' name. I want you to just lay your hand on your neighbor. We're going to, we're going to transition here in just less than 60 seconds. I want you to lay your hand on your neighbor beside.
and I want you to pray, God, I'm asking you to bless them. Come on, speak faith over them. Lord, I'm asking you to bless them. All the wonderful things you've given them. You've given them another day. Another, another day of opportunity to get right. Another day of, of opportunity to be blessed. Oh God, let your hand be upon them. Lord, your grace and mercy. Oh Lord. Lord, we pray according to your riches and glory to bless their health, their mind, their spirit. Lord, to believe for greater things. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.